Welcome to the Social Minute, a podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number 95, which goes from 1 hour 34 to 1 hour 34, 59 on the clock. Uh, we start this minute with Mark getting welcomed into a meeting by Maurice and Peter Thiel. We kind of have just a tiny bit of a meeting. <laughs> we've had we've had so much build-up uh, to this meeting and it amounts to a little more than 30 seconds of screen time. Mm-hmm where they ask one simple question, who is Eduardo Saverin? And then we cut back to Eduardo Saverin, who's now back in New York, having flown all the way home. And we get like, I don't know why, but this film takes like a weird horror turn yeah. for like this, for the end of this minute and kind of the next couple of minutes. Um, uh, as, as you know, we, we, I mean, in the script we hear, uh, we, you know, um, Aaron Sorkin kind of says, you know, it's, it's a studio apartment and, you know, Edward was asleep, uh, you know, on top of the covers. And then, you know, one lock unlocks, then another, and then the last. And then the door opens <laughs> and Christy is framed by the dingy light of the hallway. And I think that's kind of accurate. Um, you know, she asks, when did you get back? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you scared me. I need you to knock. Um, and, she's, and he's like, I got back this afternoon. And of course, Christy says, and when were you going to call me? And he's like, Christ, it was kind of a rough trip. And that's where the minute ends. Right. And joining me to talk about today is Eric Harzer. Hello, Eric. Hello once again, Darren. Yeah, so I, I'd say that this minute has got like, you know, the second half, let's kind of get it out of the way. Like yeah. it's, like I said, framed like a horror film. And <laughs> in the script, it's a lot more verbose. You know, this is a summer sublet, a studio apartment the size of a small tool shed, which I don't think is accurate. It Not doesn't the movie, look like no. a bad size yeah. for an apartment. Um, there's no air conditioning you know, and Eduardo's woken by the sound of a key in the door. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, Christy making her, her re-entrance into the film. I think the last time we saw her was um, at the meal with uh, Sean and uh, and Mark. And Eduardo basically... I, I, it's weird because I think Andrew Garfield in this scene and the next kind of couple of minutes, he gives a bit of a kind of weird breathy performance. Yeah. So his whole kind of like, Jesus Christ, you scared me. I, I need you to knock. Like all of that kind of stuff is kind of delivered in a really weird kind of breathy way. Um, as if he's trying to maintain his accent by doing it that <laughs> way. Uh, and of course, we find out he got back this afternoon and she's like, when were you going to call me? Uh, now, this reminds me of a, a Vine. Um, okay. That was done by a viner called uh, Michaela Long, who now is on YouTube, and she's a, a wonderful person. Um, and she had a vine where, um, you know, she, she plays like a boyfriend waking up, um, and he gets a phone call, and 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 he, like, she says, um, uh, oh, good morning, when did you wake up? And he's like, oh, you know, a few minutes ago. And then she immediately responds with, where's my good morning text? <laughs> and... And then, like, and so, like, that's what this feels like is like, you know, you got back this afternoon, you immediately went to sleep. Why didn't you call me? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we discussed a little bit earlier, a couple of minutes ago, like the framing of of Christie as this, like, psycho. And I think, obviously, um, they're leaning into this. Yeah. Um, and in the next few minutes, they will kind of up this for kind of comedy <laughs> value. Um, but it's it kind of starts off here as being a little bit like I say framed like a horror film, mm-hmm. <laughs> like as if uh, Christie's going to come in and like stab him or something. Um, uh, and I think it's weird actually that Eduardo says, "I need you to knock." Uh, I don't know what the living situation is meant to be. I don't know if they're meant to be living together right. or, or what the situation is. Uh, this is obviously the summer, so um, you know, I, I, obviously she's not at Harvard over the summer, so I, I don't know if she's living with Eduardo or you know the, the distance, like traveling from Boston to. Um, 
you know, New York seems like a bit of a distance. I don't know where Christy's from, actually. So maybe she lives in New York herself or she's right. from somewhere else. She's not from Boston. So I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because I don't understand kind of the living situation. She's got a key, but she needs to knock. Like Right. Things move and change very quickly to... in this movie. So it's somewhat hard to tell, like, what everybody's situation is at any any single time. Yeah. So and, and it feels like in the early discussion they had with Mark that they were living together. Um, and she was, like, acting like a psycho while they were living together. Mm. So it's like that's what it that that's what it felt like. Eduardo was saying in the earlier minutes, like he's subjected to this psycho behavior because they live together, and so like I don't know, it's it's, it's kind of weird. I I just like that there's uh, it kind of goes for this kind of weird horror thing, like <laughs> you know, but at the same time it's kind of like you know I think we're kind of getting into like a you know kind of like the the kind of one of the few parts of the film that's kind of played for true comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the, it's kind of, but then at the same time, it's done in a kind of like hacky kind of sitcom way. Yeah. Um, but you know, Aaron Sorkin, not known for, you know, his, his kind of comedy writing. So, <laughs> so have you uh, ever seen the you know, newsroom? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just, I feel like this could have been done in a better way mm-hmm. or it could have happened off screen. We don't really need to see it. We, there's a, there's a phone conversation that's coming up in the next minute. We need to see. Right. I don't know that we needed to see this this thing here, like this behavior, this this interaction. I don't think needs to take place. There's no reason why Eduardo and Christie couldn't have broken up off screen in yeah. between scenes. Like, it, but you know, they've obviously got Brenda Song, and so it's nice to see her kind of like one last time in this film. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get to the end of this scene, it does kind of finish with a punchline, which I kind of like, yeah. just because of Andrew Garfield's delivery. But if it wasn't for the kind of uh, the charm of Andrew Garfield and Brenda Song, this scene would feel a lot less compelling mm-hmm. and a lot less interesting this is all just kind of the setup for the future payoff so yeah yeah they they kind of make it work um yeah. you know the bulk of this minute is uh the peter teal thing mm-hmm. um you know we finally get to the peter teal meeting um you know uh, and he's like hi guys come on back uh, i gotta say peter teal's office seems quite small mm-hmm. um in this film <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't seem that big it, it seems kind of a little small um so i know it's it's kind of weird to me like that office feels like if it's meant to be peter teal it should be a bit bigger right uh but instead it's like a a kind of a tiny office so i I don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. it feels it feels weird to me in terms of like uh, the outer office doesn't seem that big and once they get into the office it doesn't seem that big either um so it's it's just kind of weird Mm -hmm. um you know, when you, when you actually kind of like get into his office because you're like, oh, this is a guy who manages like a two billion dollar investment fund, and it's like, yeah, but it's it's like a, a kind of small office. Like the four of them seem a little snug in there. Yeah, I feel like this is um, maybe one place where the presentation of the movie slightly maybe misrepresents how big a deal Peter Thiel is. Yeah, you don't really get it as ostentatious as maybe it, it could be to really make this as big a deal as it is. Yeah, it like it, it feels like like this should be like I don't know, like it uh, this scene's always felt a little weird to me, mm-hmm. particularly cuz it's it's kind of like how um like small it is, like it's just kind yeah. of <laughs> like here's a tiny office. They go into the tiny office and like that's it. Like, you know, that's <laughs> right. that's the end of the scene. I had no um, idea who you know, Peter Thiel was when I first saw this movie. Now I have a lot of uh, background and idea of who he is. So it, it it makes it a much bigger deal when you know who this is. Um, and the full kind of repercussions of that make more sense. But yeah, as, as it's framed in this movie, it's not as... It, it is a big deal from what they've been saying. But I, I feel like sometimes in some Sorkin scripts, you can you can blaze right by some major very important points and not really get the full 
ramifications of it. Well, I mean, I think that kind of the more interesting thing about this minute, obviously, I, f- I feel like at this point, everyone kind of knows who Peter Thiel is. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he managed this fund. Like we said, the fund these days is not worth as much as it was, um, you know, at the, t- at the time of this, you know, this 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 particular, um, uh, you know, kind of like when the film is set. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I feel like the more interesting thing in this is the fact that they cast Wallace Langham to play um to play this character um you know and at this particular time i think wallace langham was on um csi um and had been had been for like a number of years um he to start off with he's like his his character was uh david hodges was just like a, a lab tech um and then gradually as the series went on and as other people left his his character ended up being promoted to being a regular um uh, and you know that's I think you know given that CSI was like the number one show for like four or five seasons in a row I feel like that's where most people would know Wallace Langham from and it's weird that he appears and he's in the 40 seconds of the film <laughs> and then we gone right um you know particularly because uh like Wallace Langham for me uh, personally I remember him being on uh Larry Sanders um mm. you know he was one of the, he was one of the writers on Larry Sanders for a few seasons okay um and then most you know kind of he was better known as um on Veronica's Closet which you know was one of those um time slot hits uh, when NBC could rely on putting a, a something between two successful you know um sitcoms and they could get a, another hit out of it mm-hmm. um Veronica's Closet was I think when it with the first season it aired it was something ridiculous like the third the third highest, um, you know, rated show in <laughs> on, on network TV, and it got twenty four million viewers. Like it was gigantic. Um, and then for the second season, it was like, you know, number five, and it was still getting about twenty million viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they did what they always do to time slot hits on NBC. They moved it out of a time slot where it was sitting between Friends and Seinfeld, okay. and they moved it onto a Monday night at eight thirty. Um, so it would be like the second show in like a, a comedy block on on a Monday, mm-hmm. and it immediately dropped down to number eighty six and lost half its viewers uh, because, of course, it was a time slot hit. It right. was not an actual, an actual <laughs> it was hit. Not an actual yeah. hit. Yeah, and it was created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, who also created Friends, and that's why they were able to get it that cushy slot right. um, after Friends. Um, and one of the storylines that was on the show uh, with with regards to Wallace Langham. Um, who was like the um, I don't know, like the third or fourth build? He was quite. He was built up quite. He was built quite high on the whole show. Um, you know, I think after um, Kirsty Alley and uh, Kathy and Jimmy, he was like the third build person. Um, he played a character called Josh, um, who I think the show wanted to play as a closeted gay man. Um, but it, it basically every single time he was on screen, there were jokes about his sexuality and the fact that nobody knew if he was gay or not. Mm-hmm. And so whenever he referred to his partner, he would say his partner, not his girlfriend or his boyfriend. You know, he would refer to his home life and he, it was it was not clear, you know, who he was living with. And there were jokes like that that went on for like three seasons, basically. Mm-hmm. And and so it's weird that Wallace Langham goes from playing that character, uh, basically Veronica's Closet finished and he immediately started on CSI. Uh, and then he was on CSI for like 15 seasons. Um, Damn. And to start off with, when I saw him on CSI, his character also seemed to be coded as closeted and gay. And it like about like nine seasons in, he married this Italian woman. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I thought his character was meant to be gay. Um, 
and you know again like it was very like it was kind of weird but then the fact that he's in the social network playing a character who is you know obviously well known now to be gay but i think in 2004 peter teal was still in the closet so uh, one of the obviously one of the controversies about him and gorka was that gorka outed him Mm. um you know i think in the kind of the early 2000s sometime after this meeting is taking place in this film um, and then before the film came out, so I, you know, by the time by the time this film comes out, everyone would have known that Peter Thiel was, you know, a gay man. But in the film, you know, it's it's just weird that Wallace Langham basically played a closeted gay character for three seasons on a show, and then he's in this film playing a closeted gay character. Right. But he's only there for forty seconds, so you don't get to read any of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And then, um, you know, uh, Wallace, Wallace Langham, I think then he's been, you know, he's been he's been a guest on like a number of different. Um, like a number of different shows since then, um, but since CSI, he hasn't really had like a, a regular TV show that he's been on, right? Um, that I can remember. I think he's done like a lot of guest spots and stuff. Um, you know, early in his career, he uh, his first like um, appearance uh, was in Weird Science, um, and then he was also in the film Soul Man, which of course is another film about a college, yeah. Um, which I think people, <laughs> which which has a completely different. Uh, you know, completely Focus. different kind of mm-hmm. take, yeah. Um, and then he was also in the film Amazon Women on the Moon, which if you haven't seen Amazon Women on the Moon, it is like uh, a bunch of TV show. It's like somebody's watching the TV show, they're watching the film Amazon Women on the Moon, but then they keep switching the channel to watch <laughs> other shows. And those other shows are sketches, um, and it's kind of it's kind of insane. Huh. Um, for me, like for many many years, I had Amazon Women on the Moon like taped off the TV. Yeah, uh, there's a wonderful there's a there's a, there's a sequence in there where you have a character called Don No, no Soul Simmons. Okay, um, and he he's he's a, he's a black American with no soul. And so he sings songs, but he sings them without any soul. So he sings, he sings, he sings. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but he sings it kind of like, uh, you know, with no soul or anything. Right. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite things in the world is Don No Soul Simmons singing Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, that's how, that's how much Amazon Women on the Moon has stuck with me. Like these, I don't know, thirty years since I've seen it. <laughs> uh, it was a notorious box office flop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it basically made no money. It's only eighty-five minutes, but like, there's there's a whole thing with like, um, uh, there's a there's like this guy who's just like a nobody, and he like dies, and then there's like a comedy roast, yeah, um, that has like Steve Allen and Henny Youngman, um, and like his own wife, and <laughs> it's just like it's wow, just, they're like roasting this guy who's like basically a nobody and like died of a heart attack watching the TV. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's like Ed Begley Junior's in there, oh, like nice. playing. A, playing the invisible man but he's not actually invisible so he's just basically running around naked pretending to like people are pretending he's, he's invisible just to kind of because he's crazy um and yeah there's there's like there's so many like really good like jokes in that film it's mm. it's really uh it's really fun to watch i will um, definitely check that out <laughs> that sounds insane yes <laughs> yeah uh so it's kind of, so that's kind of how i knew um you know wallace langham was mm-hmm as this guy who did Veronica's Closet and then CSI. Um, and then he's, like, he's appeared in films since then, but not, like, not really kind of anything. After this, he did, like, Ruby Sparks and Hitchcock, mm-hmm. um, Transcendence. Uh, he was in Taken 3, very briefly. Uh, he was in that film War, War Dogs. Um, and that's pretty, like, you know, those are kind of the more kind of 
um, you know, high profile ones that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, everything he's been in, I, I think I've always really enjoyed. He's got like a certain kind of, um, I don't know, he's got like a certain acting style that's kind of very unique to him. And I kind of, you know, I kind of like, he has this kind of, I don't know, kind of detached, sarcastic way of acting that right. I think really worked in the '90s, and and I think maybe you know as he's as he's kind of grown up and kind of matured a little bit, his kind of acting styles changed a little bit. But you know, he's I think he's a fun actor, um, and it's just weird to see him in a forty-second role. Yeah, right. Just appearing in this film, um, you know, and then also we have the velvety-voiced Scott Lawrence, who again is another actor who he's here for forty seconds, and I, you know, he's kind of more well-known um, from other things. I don't think there's anything that I particularly know him from, mm-hmm. um, but I've just seen him in, like, a lot of different kind of things. Um, you know, he was in a single episode of The West Wing. Wow. Um, you know, and he's he's been... Do you think that's why he's here? <laughs> I, I mean, I probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, he, like, there's other things that he's been in, um, you know, over the years, including... Uh, you know, he's done a lot of TV, basically, um, and he has like a very kind mm-hmm. of distinct voice, um, you know, so like if you hear his voice, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's it's that guy. Um, I think in more it's recent him, years, yeah. he's been like a regular on the TV show, Mr. Mercedes, um, and he was in uh, Legion for a few episodes, um, ah, which okay. might be where some people know him from. And he's been kind of in the Star Wars universe playing uh, Jarek Jaeger on a few different shows. Oh, oh, okay. That's where yeah. I would know him. And okay. that's and obviously his his voice is kind of his asset there. Like he's just got this very kind of like bassy voice. Um, and yeah. uh, many many years ago, uh, like kind of in 1990, uh, he was on uh, a show called Baghdad Cafe, um, which I don't mm-hmm. know that it was weird. Is I remember seeing the adverts for this this show uh, because there was a there was a film that I recorded. I can't remember when I recorded it. Um, but there was like the on, on it was like on BBC Two, and then there was like an advert for this because this was like a kind of high-profile show that, that BBC Two had bought, um, and it was mostly high-profile right. because Whoopi Goldberg was a regular on it, um, mm. uh, along mm. with uh, Gene Stapleton. Like they were the two kind of selling points. It's like Whoopi Goldberg doing TV, which these days I think would get more, uh, you know, publicity or something. Yeah. But just the fact that she was, um, if it wasn't like you know the View. Um, but like this was kind yeah. of just after she won her Oscar for Ghost, and then she was doing this like um, this kind of high profile like sitcom, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it only lasted two seasons. It wasn't very many episodes, but uh, Scott Lawrence was like on that, um, like I say, along with her okay. and Gene Stapleton. Um, and I just remember seeing adverts for it and being like, "What is this show?" <laughs> like, uh, kind mm-hmm. of like I, I never really sold me on it. Uh, but Scott Lawrence was was on six episodes of that, like in 1990. Um, but yeah, his like I've seen him now and again, like do TV appearances, and it's just his like his voice is kind of like so distinctive. Um, you know, right? I feel, it just grabs. Yeah, you. I feel like he could inherit the role that Reggie Cathy had in recent years of. Um, you know, kind of being this kind of uh, uh, like elder statesman. Uh, I feel like Scott Lawrence is there, mm-hmm. ready to kind of take that role. Um, you know, it's it's there for right. the asking. You know, if if we need a new Reggie Cathy, I feel like Scott Lawrence is a good candidate for that. Um, He's waiting in the wings. Yeah. But I should also say, Pe- Peter Thiel is a terrible human being. Um, yeah, <laughs> a man, a man who literally founded a company called Palantir. Which is the evil devices that Sauron can see you through. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody stopped him. Nobody was like, this is so clearly evil. 
Yeah, and it's weird as well because like Wallace Langham has basically had like grey hair since as long as I've known him, and Peter Thiel doesn't have mm-hmm. grey hair. Uh, it looks to me like Peter Thiel dyes yeah. his hair. Um, so it's weird that Wallace Langham okay. is playing him just with grey hair. Um, uh, but yeah, Palantir, he's he's still on the board of Facebook, I think, as of this moment. So he's still making money off that. Uh, like we said, you know, he was he was part of Clarion Capital, which you know has since. Mm-hmm. He's still the chairman of it, but it's it's kind of you know fallen apart a little bit in value. Um, he's got a ten percent stake in Facebook. Um, that that the right. fifty thousand that he you know the five hundred thousand sorry that he decides that they're going to get here, um, and then they talk of course about restructuring and that you know to allow for you know people to kind of more more investors to come on board, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and part of that is the fact that he gets ten point two percent. Uh, you know, uh, although apparently while he's still on the board of Facebook, he sold his share in Facebook um, for a billion dollars. Um, so, you mm-hmm. know, uh, his net worth at the moment is roughly two and a half billion, which is funny because obviously, you know, Justin Timberlake said that he runs a, a fund that's worth two billion. So in the last like 11 years, his value has only gone up by half a billion. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, obviously, I think he's known more, you know, to the public these days. Um, as you know, the person who helped Hulk Hogan sue Gorka into obscurity, sue Gorker yeah. into yeah obsolescence. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he made his money from uh, PayPal. Um, that was that was right. where he made his like you know he became a billionaire through kind of co-founding PayPal, and um, you know he I think he had like he'd gone to um, university. Um, uh, he'd gone to Stanford and done a BA and like he'd done that in like mathematics. So he, that's kind of where mm-hmm. he, uh, he ended up kind of, um, you know, getting his money from then, you know, taking that to go into to PayPal. Uh, interestingly enough, um, he has been a citizen of New Zealand since 2011. So he renounced his US citizenship okay. shortly before he sold his shares in uh, Facebook. Um, he, he also wow. has uh, Mithril Capital. Um, and, yeah, and Valar. Yeah. What is it? Valar, Valar Ventures. Uh, Ventures. Yeah, so he's obviously... Which is another I'm Lord guessing that's probably why he's moved to New Zealand, is he's just like a big Lord of the Rings right. fan. Um, <laughs> I imagine Peter Till living in a, in a hobbit hole. like. <laughs> yes. Um, making all of his business dealings. Yeah, he, he got married in 2017 um, uh, to his partner. And, uh, you know, uh, I, if I remember rightly, his wedding cost quite a bit of money as well. Um you know, uh, and apparently he is the inspiration for Peter Gregory on Silicon Valley. Um, so right. uh, it's funny because apparently he's 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 <clears throat> he had a criticism of the portrayal of Wallace Langham in this film, and he said uh, he said that the, the like the social network the film was wrong on many levels. Um, so I'm mm. guessing the fact that they portrayed him as a grey-haired man probably didn't uh, probably didn't help. <laughs> was yeah. not yeah. Um, but yeah, so Peter Till not a very good person. Obviously, a fan who's obsessed with <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, uh, so much so Lord that he's Rings, yeah. turned himself into a New Zealand uh, person. Um, or, funnily enough, though, his he, him getting citizenship are in New Zealand uh, was seen in New Zealand as a kind of criticism of how um, citizenship in New Zealand can be bought. Um, <clears throat> he apparently had only spent twelve days in New Zealand uh, before he was granted citizenship. Mm-hmm. Uh, where apparently normally you're meant to spend 1,350. So he was short by a few days. Um, and mm. so there were some people who were opposed to him becoming a citizen, but apparently he had paid uh, a million... He made a million-dollar donation to the uh, the 2011 Christchurch earthquake appeal, 
as a as a way of kind of uh, trying to you know uh, kind of silence his critics a little bit, maybe kind of show that he was kind of a good guy. Uh, but like I said, mm-hmm. not a good guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. not at all. He uh, the funny thing is he supported Carly Fiorina in the 2016 <laughs> GOP primaries. Um, and wow. then, of course, he changed his support to Donald Trump. Um, so, again, Trump, just yeah. more and more reasons to not like Peter <sighs> Thiel. Um, and the film is... Good to know that one of the richest men... Yeah, and the film is the film is kind of extremely brief in its treatment of him, but I feel like in 2010, that was probably because most people didn't know who Peter Thiel was. But, uh, right. you know, nine years later, uh, it gives this scene a, a slightly different kind of um, thing. And it's worth saying, of course, all they discuss in the film is just restructuring the company so they can have new investors. Uh, which seems like a, a kind of technical thing that you wouldn't really care about. But obviously this yeah. will become more important later on in the film. So it's just a little bit of a setup for, you know, what's going to, what's something that's going to happen later in the film, um, you know, that will obviously cause some issues further down the line and, you know, let's say set off some lawsuits. Um, so is there anything mm-hmm. else to say about this particular minute, do you think? Um, Not, not really. Okay, well then uh, I should say, of course, uh, you know, this is a movie that's this is a movies by minutes podcast that is going through a movie minute by minute, uh, and there are many others uh, that you can find at the moviesbyminutes.com website. Uh, so, you know, if there's a film that you enjoy, somebody is probably talking about it minute by minute. Uh, you know, and yep. you should go there to find them. Uh, let's go to plugs. Then, is there anything that you wish to plug, Eric? Sure. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at t z a r r e v a n, and you can find us on MySpace at myspacecom minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute, or on Facebook at social minute podcast. Thanks as well for being my guest here this week, Eric. No problem, Darren. And I will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>